Today's scripture reading is the story of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. Here are these words of scripture. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native tongue, Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show you wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Dion. Dion has now been liturgist twice, and both times he's gotten some fantastic names and Greek words to say, and he does a wonderful job. So I'm going to keep giving him the hard scriptures. That's the lesson. Also, um, I think we need to go out and have fun with the kids because they sound like they're having an absolute blast outside the windows. But I just ha I'm going to tell you about a story about my first boyfriend. Is, is that all right? Good, because that's what I'm doing anyway. <laughs> so, so when I was growing up, my family didn't really go to church. It's not that we were against church. We believed in God. We went to vacation Bible school every year, and, and we went to worship on, on Christmas Eve and, and Easter, but it wasn't what we did on our typical Sunday morning. Then in eighth grade, I got my first boyfriend, as much as you can really have a boyfriend or a girlfriend in eighth grade. And somehow, going to church came up as a topic of conversation. And he asked me why we didn't go. And I told him, well, it's not that we're against it or anything like that. And, and my mom and I go when I ask to go, but it's not an assumed part of our week. 
For his family, though, it was part of their weekly rhythm. They went every single Sunday, no matter what. And so he invited me to go with him to his church. And it turns out there were several mutual friends that went to that church as well. And so, and he offered for his parents to even pick me up and go with them. And my first thought was, no, I don't want them driving all the way out of their way to come and pick me up. That's too much trouble. But he insisted that, no, it was not too much trouble. And his parents were happy to do that. And so with my parents' permission, he started picking me up for church every Sunday. Now, today is Pentecost Sunday. It's the day each year when we celebrate the birthing of the church, the big C church. And we almost always read this same scripture that Dion read for us, that the story of the first Christian Pentecost. And I specify Christian because first, Pentecost was a Jewish holiday. It was seven weeks after Passover when the Jewish people celebrated the anniversary of God revealing the Torah to them, the the laws to Moses on Mount Sinai. And God's gift of the Torah is what united the Jewish people as a holy nation. And so they celebrated this on Pentecost. And that's what the followers of Jesus were gathered to do. It says in verse 2, beginning in verse 2, it says, Suddenly a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So here we see how the Spirit births the church on this Pentecost. The same Spirit that birthed creation, hovering over the waters of Genesis, then came and transformed these individuals, these followers of Jesus, transforming them from single individuals into this movement that we now call the church. And Jesus promises that this would happen. He said this was going to happen in John 14. He said, if you love me and you keep my commandments, then I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. So as these first followers of Jesus are celebrating God, uniting them through the gift of the Torah, the spirit comes and again unites them in a new way. And then all of a sudden, they're outside. We see them inside in this room, and then all of a sudden this great wind comes and blows them outside so that others can hear them speaking all these different tongues and proclaiming about God. And because of them, because of them going out and proclaiming about God, then others believed. And then those people, they went and told others about God, and they believed. And then again and again and again, this happens through the ages and the centuries until now, until us sitting here today. If the Spirit hadn't come on that very first Christian Pentecost and blown those followers out of the room where they were sitting comfortably together, then we would not be here today. Pentecost is kind of a big deal. 
So why do we not act like it's as big of a deal as Christmas or Easter? I think it's because Pentecost very clearly requires us to carry the gospel into the world, to blow our own covers and proclaim, yes, we are Christian. It's one thing to, on Christmas, adore the infant Jesus. And it's another to to mourn the death of Jesus on on Good Friday and then celebrate Jesus' resurrection on, on Easter Sunday in our insular communities. But then it's something completely and entirely different and for most of us, very scary to then go and proclaim the gospel with every action we make. To publicly proclaim that we are those people, those Christians. But Pentecost calls us to do this, to do something, not just to worship, which is important and good, not just to adore God or to celebrate the resurrection, but Pentecost demands for us to leave the comfort of our group, our sanctuary here, and to be blown out of the room into the world and go. Christmas is a lot easier than that. And so we think to ourselves, well, Pentecost is really hard, and what what the Spirit is calling us to do, that's hard. But there's a lot of us here, and so somebody else will do it. Somebody else will, will let the people know that God loves them unconditionally. Somebody else will care for them, for the least and the lost and the lonely. Somebody else will go and do that hard work. But on that first Christian Pentecost, Peter reminds the people there what the prophet Joel said in the Scripture. He says to them, this is what is being lived out right now in this very moment. Through the prophet Joel, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. In those days was that day. Everyone, the elders, the young, the men, the women, the servants, everyone was affected. Everyone is affected now. Everyone, we are each that somebody. You are somebody blown by the Spirit, the embers of your heart kindled so that your heart burns for God so that you will go and proclaim the gospel with every action, not just in the comfort, but in public, so that the world might know of God's goodness and unconditional love. Sometimes I think back to to my first boyfriend, and I wonder what my life would have looked like if he hadn't invited me to his church to East Conneaut United Methodist Church. I went from Monroe United Methodist to East Conneaut United Methodist. This was a big change, okay? But at East Conneaut, I met Reverend Ash Welch. And I was confirmed in my faith there. I was given space to ask questions and wonder and doubt. 
And I went on a retreat where I got to serve communion for the very first time. And I thought to myself, as I was serving communion to others, I'm going to do this someday. And I had no idea what that actually meant until years later. My first boyfriend, (laughs) his name is Joel, like in the scripture, which just makes me laugh. Nobody else is laughing with me today. Like the first service, this service, like no, everybody's just like, I don't know, sad or something. But Joel was a somebody. He was a 13-year-old somebody God worked through to show me the abundance of God's unconditional love. Joel was a somebody in a long line of somebodies. And so are you. Each one of us, we have our line of somebodies that has shown us God's love spoken the faith to us, taught us in a classroom. And because of them, we are here. And we are then challenged to go and then be somebody. Because the Spirit didn't just move over the waters of Genesis and then blow through the room on that first Christian Pentecost and then many times in between there, but the Spirit is also moving just as much now. In this very moment, in this space, the Spirit is moving, guiding us to do incredible things that we haven't even imagined yet. And that's what we are reminded of when we come to Christ's table. That's the Spirit that fills us so that we might go and do the good work. That's the Spirit that empowers us. So as we come to this time of Holy Communion, remembering that we are not in this work alone, that we're not called to go and do alone, but together, I invite you to let us pray the prayer of confession and forgiveness together, recognizing that as we do that, It's a way of cleansing ourselves so that we might receive God's grace and fill ourselves with the Spirit so that we can go and do that good work and be somebody. I invite you to participate in the words on the screen. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread from his table, and after giving thanks to God, he took the bread And he broke it, and he said, do this 
eat this in remembrance of me. And then after the supper was over, he took the cup from his table. And again, giving thanks to God, he told his disciples, this is the cup of my new covenant given for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of this. As often as you do, do this in remembrance of me. This is the cup of my new covenant. Most holy God, we pray that you might pour out your spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we get to feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. This is Christ's table, so all are welcome to receive this gift of grace. It is a gluten-free table, so all are able to participate together. And those joining online, I invite you to participate knowing that God's Spirit unites us wherever we are. The body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. In person, our ushers will guide us, guide you forward, and we will be receiving um, we will have two individual cups, one with bread and one with juice, and you might come forward, receive the communion, and then place them in the communion rails on either side. And know that you are worthy. This is your table that Christ has set for you. So let us come and celebrate together. I want to invite the communion stewards to come forward.
Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy and beautiful mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I invite you as we are um, singing this next song together that here in person, um, prepare your hearts for prayer. Online, I invite you to use um, the prayer at brexelumc.com or also the comments on Facebook to share your prayers with us. Let us stand in body or in spirit as we sing together. Spirit 
We have several prayers that have come in. Matt asked for prayers for students to make good choices this summer, and for those who see school as a sanctuary from troubled home life, may they find peace this summer. Kathy asked for prayers for a successful surgery on Tuesday, and Boatsman's dad asks for prayers for Dave, who is having his second of three surgeries um, for Parkinson's this week. And Chuck asked for prayers for Kurt, his brother-in-law, for recovery from neck surgery, <laughs> and for Joel, thank you for using him on the path to Pastor Heidi. That's funny. Dana asked for prayers for our teachers and graduates and current students as they welcome summer break and new phases of life, and also prayers for our group of middle schoolers who will be staying at Nehemiah Tuesday through Thursday, partnering with the community in service and in mission. Yes, prayers for our middle schoolers as well as their chaperones. And I do want to say a special prayer of thanks for Isaac, who is on our piano today. Welcome, Isaac. And also prayers um, for Ruby as she recovers from a broken wrist as well um, as her eye socket um, as she fell. And then also prayers for Tracy's mom, Marilyn, um, as she is undergoing chemo treatment. And I also want to um, take a moment and recognize our graduates. Um, in the bulletins, it, we have um, a little a pamphlet of each of our grads. And on the back is information if you would like to send them cards of encouragement now or even throughout the years as they are off and doing grand things um, for God. And I want to recognize those who are standing here. I think I see Joe Boatsman. You have to, you have to stand and we will clap for you as you, yes, sufficiently embarrassed. Yay! And then... Um, Erin is grad graduated from college. She's up in the balcony. You had to stand too, Erin. Yay! And then Taylor. Yay! 
<laughs> and Peyton's here. Yay! Peyton graduated from college. And Lauren. Yay! <laughs> I like that. And then, and then Emily. Yay! You get to stand too. Oh, that was good job. You did it. You did it. I know every, each one of them looked at me like, are you really going to make me stand? And the answer was yes. Um, and I do also want to recognize, um, she stood up just fine. <sighs> Ignore him. I do very often. Um, <laughs> he is my husband. Um, I also do want to just... Um, thinking about the teachers and the teachers in um, our, our church that have um, learned along with the students. Um, I have a friend here who is from Medina, and I had the honor of teaching confirmation with him for, for four whole years, and I learned a lot from him and his stories about knuckleheads. Um, that I will always treasure. And so I encourage you, if you have the opportunity to teach and to learn in that way, it is, it truly, truly is a gift. And with that, I would like to pray the prayer that is found on um, the front of this. And you're invited, you can pray along with me, and we will close with, um, with the Lord's Prayer as we pray this prayer for graduates as well as for each one of us. May the bright flame from God's lamp of knowledge guide you. May God's warm glow off the pages of the Bible comfort you. May the cool baptismal waters of God continue to refresh you in your endings and new beginnings. May your soul always be fed at Christ's table. May your heart always be open in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And may your mind be transformed in the mighty presence of the great I am. O oh God, we pray these things in the name and the power of Jesus. As we pray together the prayer he taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we leave here each week, our hope is that you will take God with you into the world living out our mission to create safe spaces to grow with God and one another, not just in this space, but in our daily lives. And the truth is, is that we need each one of us, that as a church, we are called to be the church together, and we can't do the things that the church is called to do without one another's hands and feet. And so I encourage you to be somebody that there are many ways that we are reaching into the world, and sometimes they're on the spur of the moment in a way that you can, you can sign up for alerts, whether it's an email or a text to help out with a mission project or another way to serve um, by going to bumclinks.com, and you can sign up there. 
And a few of the ways that you can help out is through home days. We are going to be, we have several different activities. One is a diaper changing station that we have to, we're gonna prepare for um, families to use throughout the weekend. Another in a very different location is the pie baking contest because we don't want that with the diaper changing station. They're different. But if you wanna help out, we need pies to eat and judge. We need judges to judge. Um, we also need um, people to help serve the pies and, and give them out um, for a donation after we're, we're done. And we need all kinds of help with that. And then also we are going to have a carnival game for kids. And so we need help with that. And so it's a great way to reach out into the community and have fun and show them just who we are. And then also, um, you can help with MedWorks kits and help out um, bringing things for the MedWorks kits. We're going to be putting together 500 kits, hygiene kits for the MedWorks clinics and those who are there underinsured or uninsured. We're going to assemble them June 12th between the services next Sunday. So if you want to participate in that, and then um, we'll also be going to the clinics and, and handing them out. And so you're invited, if you would like to help with that, you're invited to do that as well. And then also, um, each each first Sunday of the month, we celebrate Holy Communion, and we're in need of some communion stewards. Right now, it's up to, to me and a few others, and if I don't remember, um, then, um, then I forget to, and that would be sad if we didn't have communion on a Sunday. So if you would like to help out with that and help my brain, then please let me know. And it's a very, it's an easy thing to do. It's a lot of fun, um, and it takes about, I don't know, half an hour it's very quick. So let me know if you want to help with that. And then also grads, I just want to let you know that there will be a gift for you. Dana it will be in the parlor with a, a little gift for you there. Um, and with all of that, let us um, receive these words of the benediction so that we might go and do the good work of Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Let's walk together for a while and Peace.